Hi, welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle. I am broadcasting simultaneously on Facebook, on my fan page at facebook.com slash Carol Tuttle and on Blog Talk Radio. And today we're going to be talking about um, your type 2, the eating tendencies for your type 2 sensitive child. And I I believe you'll get some insights for yourself if you're a type 2 adult or parent. And I want to thank my sponsor, Oceans Alive, that produces and sells one of the most nutrient-rich nano-nutrition products, which means it's even more um, deeply nutritionally enriched than um, micronutrients. And it's a pure plant. uh, It's it's from Ocean. It's called uh, Oceans Alive Marine Phytoplankton. So check that out. Go to thechildwhisper.com slash Plankton, it's good stuff. And many of you have told me some really great success stories from using it. It really helps create a healthy brain and uh, you want a healthy brain to make a difference in your life. So today we're talking about um, type two tendencies and I also will be taking live callers at 347-677-1963. So if you have a parenting question, this is the forum to ask me directly. I'm here for you until um, 45 minutes past the hour. And I will take your live questions after we talk about today's topic. First, a success story, though. This comes from a mom. Um, Marie sent this in to me. I read the child whisper to understand my children. But then I cried all through the type 2 section of the book. It described me and everything I would have needed and wanted as a child. I didn't expect that from a parenting book. Now I see how I can take care of myself better so I can be a better mom for my kids. Thank you, Carol. And I love that she understands that as you're in a good place and feeling balanced and healthy and, re- and just really rejuvenated and um, balanced, you're a better mom. And energy profiling gives you that advantage so that you're doing things correct to your nature and not trying to be the kind of mom that you're not suited for. There's way too much comparing going on in our world. Mommy wars are really um, easy to get involved in and kind of trapped in, and it's you're the best parent for your child and the best guide for you is the spirit and your own intuition and your prayerful approach to parenting and understanding your child's nature gives you that advantage to then zero in more closely to what they need. So let's talk about the type two child's um, eating tendencies. We did um, two weeks ago. I started with type one. You can find that post. It just went live on my website. Go to thechildwhisper.com. You'll see it. It's the top post on the, on the page. So type two, this is our soft, subtle, sensitive child. They lead with an emotional connection to the world, and they have um, a, a sense of um, needing to feel their way through life. And they're more of an inward energy first. I call that an introvert moving inward so they can get a sense of how they feel about um, that which is happening in their world. And so I asked a group of parents, uh, five questions. The first question I asked was, what is your child, type two child's preferred time of day to eat? And I've chosen a keyword as I use uh, very frequently in the world of energy profiling. And you'll see ever in the child whisper book that you can buy on my website, uh, you, I have word lists because words really help describe movement and energy and vibration. So the word that really depicts the preferred time of day to eat for a type two child is routinely, that they're okay with a routine. That's a plan. They prefer a plan. So if they're 
your family operates on three meals a day with a couple snacks in there, uh, they can handle that plan, that routine, very nicely. Type two children will uh, are comfortable routine, and from the observation of the parents I polled, breakfast was an important meal for them. And that could be a blood sugar scenario that they need to get that nutrition into them so that their their blood sugar doesn't drop and they become irritable and whiny. And one mom said, her type two daughter Evelyn, who's uh, just a toddler said, Evelyn also likes to eat first thing in the morning. She will eat a good amount at each mealtime. She doesn't ask to snack as much, but when it is mealtime, she asks for dinny. So she calls every meal dinny, which is very cute. And when she, uh, it's typical for type two children and they're hungry, they get whinier. These are the children that have whining as a second language. And a lot of parents get um, involved in responding to it and then are frustrated to try and change it. And so you've got to, from the go, coach them or, or tune into what they need. What do they need right now? And a lot of times it's their, they need water. Uh, a lot of times children just don't take the water in they need or they need healthy nutrition in their bodies because they're hungry. Their bodies are hungry. And they tend to be pleasant at mealtimes. And uh, so the next question, do they stay at the table and eat? What are their behaviors during mealtime? And the two words that describes the tendency for this is easygoing. And you're going to find that they're agreeable. Um, they are, tend to be more polite and mannered about themselves. It can be distracting if there's a, too much going on and it's overwhelming. The energy gets too intense, can be overwhelming to them. And so they prefer a, a little more subtle and familiar atmosphere. And that routine lends itself to that. So one mom, who's the daughter of an adult type 2 child, said, when Mallory was young, I remember having to give her time to eat at her own pace. And I think this is a, um, something it's important to remind yourself of, that they have a more uh, methodical pace and they need time to prep their food. My husband, who's a type 2, takes a lot more time to prep his food than I do so that it tastes how he wants. And their pace in eating is not as fast as other types, as types ones and type threes, obviously. And she'd even leave, the, Mallory would even leave the table and come back a few times before finishing a meal, um, just because it was the pace that she preferred. And even now as an adult, she takes her time eating. And I noticed this when I was tending my type two grandson and I was feeding him his dinner that I was you know, my nature would be to let's hurry up and get this over or let's hurry and get through this. And I realized I was rushing him and he needed a, a, a more subdued pace and a more, a, I adapted my pace to his. I started intuitively tune into his pace and I realized he just needed, and he didn't need bite, you know, when he was done with the bite, he didn't need the next bite right away. And, and it just to have some, a pause between his bites. So that pause. So easygoing and having that pause. Next question, what is their conduct at the dinner table? And um, the key word that represents this behavior is connection. And one mom said that her child wasn't too particular about what she ate, but her, she was more particular about not eating alone, that she wanted some company and an opportunity to feel that there was someone there to connect with. And 
the other thing that they connect with is their food. We heard the term comfort food and type twos take comfort in food. And we as a culture tend to have a lot of um, emotional ties to food. We have memories tied to food. My mom's a type two. She could have written her childhood story based on her memories with food. That's how she would recall different events of her childhood. It was the food that she had the connection with. And we, we always kind of um, chuckled about that, that, you know, mom, you just need to, in fact, she's still alive. She's very elderly. I should probably go out and interview her and, and really capture that memory of all her favorite food memories as a child. So they're connecting not only with the, with who's, who they're eating with, but they connect with their food and they find a lot of comfort in the foods they enjoy. And so they'll tend to like conversation, but those, again, as I said, they can get overwhelmed if the energy gets too high or loud and they prefer a nice, quiet conversation while eating and table manners tend to be important um, and that quality of being polite. And her Evelyn, again, who's a little toddler, this is actually Calista, my type four expert, her daughter, she says that Evelyn will say, excuse me, mom, will you get me some Denny? <laughs> so she's very... Uh, very um, sensitive in her approach to her mom. And another mom said that one of her type two children will remind the uh, higher movement siblings, this isn't a competition when she wants to, when the other sibling wants to enroll her and let's see who can finish their meal first. So that's not supportive to their nature. So that's so cute. You know, your type three siblings say, let's who can get, get our meal done first. And the type two is just like, I need to pause between my bites. <laughs> so make sure if you're a type two and you're listening to this, um, that you're giving yourself that, that pause. The next question, do they have a favorite type of food? And again, I just mentioned this comfort is the key word. They love um, foods like uh, casserole, warmth. There's some quality of warmth to it. And I found, and in, true to what we teach in Dressing Your Truth in the area of texture, where they're aesthetic and they're touched. They always type twos will shop first by touching things. And how does it feel is a question we teach them. They're already in the process, but to be very conscious of that, how does that feel? So type two children are noticing how foods feel on the tongue. And they, and typically what's typical is they don't like their, um, they like things to be soft and smooth, not necessarily mushy, but soft and smooth. And they enjoy those foods. Yeah, my husband, he doesn't like ice creams with things that you chew with chunks in them that you have to chew, where I do. See, I like the crunch, and which is so classic. You know, I love that energy profiling just really shows us these differences. They're not about anybody being right or wrong, but they're really true to our nature. And they may have a tendency to want to blend, like if they, blending can be a trait that's common with certain foods that they like to blend up. And they don't like their foods to be changed. They, my type two son, he's very, I mean, when he goes out to dinner, he puts a lot of thought into what he's going to order because he just knows this is a once in a, you know, I'm not going to be here again for a while. I'm not, you know, it's a missed opportunity if I, if I order the wrong things. So he puts a lot of thought into that. And they also like traditions. Um, they connect, again, that connection with food that they don't like to switch up you know, they'd like to maintain foods that are incorporated into family traditions. So, you know, be, be sensitive to that. They're sensitive to that. They notice those changes and be sensitive to their desire for that. 
And then the last question was, are any specifics they request with their food? And it's interesting how these are all connecting all the way down the question list because I mentioned the next one in the previous comments, the word one is smooth, that that's their request. The textures are their biggest request, that um, they have a sensitivity to textures. And that can look different for each type two child, but that's what they're orient they have that orientation to be aware of the food's textures. So that's what they can be particular about is textures and sometimes um, combinations of what foods, if there is a certain food they don't like, let's say they don't like a tomato, they'll be very aware if they're, my type two son will be very aware if there's just a tiny little speck of tomato in the dish. He can, he can, his detail, he can, he can sniff that out. He's just, and he won't eat it. He won't eat it. I know um, I learned to be aware of what he's sensitive to and, and, he, um, when we have family dinners, I'll even say it, I'll kiddingly say to him, now, notice I didn't mix that in, you know, because I'm aware of it. And I'm doing that for him very much so, because he'll, he'll tune into it. He'll notice it. Like, I can't get anything past him. So, and they may like to touch what they eat, which is, again, that connecting with their food through that uh, touch. And... Toddlers might want to squish the food up in their hands before they put it, you know, if they like bananas, tactile eaters, and uh, have that connection that way. Now, Anne, I wanted to mention this is uh, for if you're nursing a baby, a type 2 baby, and Anne shared this. She said, when Sam was tiny, he spit up a ton, and I believe it was due to my forceful letdown. He couldn't keep up with the amount of milk that was coming down so forcefully. So she had to really, uh, as best she could, help keep that from happening. And now that he's been introduced to solids, she says, I've started to introduce solids. So far, just a few veggies, quinoa, and some meat. His body is sensitive, and, uh, and she'll know he's reacting because his cheeks get red if it doesn't sit well, if he's sensitive to it. I have been much slower introducing foods to Sam than to Katie, my type 3 daughter, because of his subtle reactions. Update, I was doing baby-led weaning, which is more hands-on for the baby and bigger chunks of food that they work out, but he wasn't really into it. So I made some baby food, pureed it, and he is responding much better. Katie, her type 3, did great on baby-led weaning, but Sam isn't as hands-on and likes smoother textures. He likes it quiet when he eats. He will put on, pull off the nipple or eat lightly if there is noise or a type 3 sister distracting him. Great tips and make some notes on that because as you're going to start to see the more you study energy profiling that there's a common thread through all of um, our preferences true to our nature. So what we're doing here is not necessarily creating, you knew about soft, subtle, smooth, you knew about their preference to uh, their connecting with the world, their emotional connection to things, comfort being the orientation. So all we're doing now is overlaying that on their eating tendency. And the more you apply this to your lifestyle, the more you're going to get your own hits and your own inspiration to go, I get it. And so what you're able to do is troubleshoot and be the CSI of your family, which I particularly love. I like to have that opportunity to be intuitive and receive answers. And it's so exciting when you get them. You're like, if you've got a success story, call into the show today. Call in at 347-677-1963 and make sure you hit one on your phone so I know you want to get on 
the air with me. Um, I'll be taking live callers until um, 15 minutes to the top of the hour, and I'm going to sign off on Facebook. Make sure um, if, whether you're parenting, actively parenting, you're always a parent if you have kids. You're never going to, that role is never going away, and it's never too late to become a great parent, so make sure the Child Whisperer is on your energy profiling must-read list. It's a phenomenal book, and my success story I shared today, it touched her life in a big way to make her a better, um, help her see herself, and it will add to your insights, because there's not a lot of repeats. And I mean, the general idea is repeated, but there's so many more insights. So thanks for watching on Facebook. Keep listening. Link in the copy above the video, or you can call in and listen live on the show with the phone number I listed. So my email questions um, that came in for this show. Hang on. I just did something on Facebook. I fell into my phone. I hope it pushed the right button. Um, I have quite a few questions right now. I have a backlog, so I'm going to try and get through as many as I can today. And so if you want to make sure your question gets answered, um, the best thing to do is always, always, always call in. Always call in if you have that chance. So my type 2 teen shuts down emotionally. She's 13 and homeschooled. Anytime she is challenged, she freezes in her work. We've tried to slow down, made things easier, even in her quiet setting. She still panics and bites her arm out of stress. We've given her plenty of help on weeknights and weekends. We've asked how she can, how we can help. She just stares at us blankly or starts to cry. Other, others have tried, but she shuts down. When you go this far and there's a fat, um, that much of anxiety going on, that's a brain health issue. So the plankton is going to help nurture her brain so that she gets more balance because she's running a lot of, um, a bit OCD anxiety patterns here. So you really want to, um, enrich her nutrition. Is she on sugar? Um, there are many, many healthy sugar substitutes. Maple syrup is one of my go-to. Learn how to cook healthier. Uh, whole foods, get her off the junk. Um, as I said, you know, everyone has uh, pays a price when their diet's full of standard American diet is not going to support your greatest potential as a human being. It's hurting your brain. It's hurting your whole system. And Clean up her diet. It's, it's, uh, it's give, you, you know, you're doing things that you're approaching this from emotional and psychological strategies, but if you approached it from the physical um, support that she needs, and she getting enough water? So really be prayerful about that. What needs to change in her physical world? Is she getting enough rest so that she's not running all this anxiety? Uh, how do I improve my daughter's self-talk? My daughter, five years old, doesn't like the color of her eyes. She doesn't like the moles on her face. I try to reinforce good self-talk by having her say positive affirmations in the mirror, but she frowns at herself and won't do it. This is type one mom, and the other parents were type ones as well. See, So try trying to fix things by very much swinging it to the positive, and you can do that too quick. Get into their feelings. Let them express how they're feeling rather than try and just oh, change it to this. Why don't you like the moles on your face? Why don't you like the colors of your eyes? Don't try and switch it so fast. Let her talk about it. Let her express feelings. What's going on? Where's that going to lead? That could, be, that could be the doorway to other stuff, you know. What's going on for her? Maybe what, what is the, you know, where she picked this up? If she's only five, where is she being, this, this could be modeled as well, where she, um, you know, 
Is there anything that you're suggesting, um, any way you put yourself down that could be uh, modeled to her? But again, don't be so quick. Type one parents have a tendency to just flip it real quick to let's, you know, make it happy. Let's make it positive. You'll get there. You'll have that opportunity to influence it, but have more opportunity when someone feels heard and understood and they get to express how they feel. So I'd, you know, be interesting to hear why she does. I'd be curious, you know, as a parent, I'd want to know, oh, why is she even saying this? I'm going to ask her. Don't be so scared by it either. Yeah, she's five. She doesn't even know what, she, you know, what that really means. Parents get like freaked out really fast. They're like, oh no, I've got to change this. And it's like, learn from it, explore it, um, get your child talking. April is my first caller. Hi, April. Welcome to the show. Hi. So you have a type one five-year-old son telling false stories about his time at preschool. Now, did you know that type one, you know, this is connected to their animated nature. He's animating his storytelling. He's making Mm -hmm. things up. Okay. Now, why are you worried about this? Um, I just don't, I guess I just don't know how to respond to it. Like, he'll come home and he'll be like, I got punched in the head over and over again or something like that. And so I just don't know how to respond. Guess that's is, it always about, is it always about something that's being done to him? Yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of times it is, like, violently. Like so he's looking for somebody poking him in the eye. So he's looking for some kind of compassion or sympathy. What's what do you think his motive is? What's he trying to get from um, that? There's a reason he's doing it. There's something he's trying to get. He's not doing it just to tell a story. There's something he's trying. He's using it. Type ones will create these. You know, I have a type one son, and he actually he's adopted, and um, unfortunately, he was taught to lie a lot as a child. You know, his dysfunctional very wounded birth mother um, enrolled him in a lot of storytelling and lying. And it became a strategy though of self-survival. You know, I, I had to help him see that, that he constantly thought he was going to get in trouble. So he, he had some value he was trying to get from it. So why do you think he's doing this? What's he want? Well, maybe attention from me, maybe. I don't know. Are, you know you're a type four mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have, does he feel, I mean, does he get his um, appropriate amount of freedom for fun and, or is yeah, he pretty I, regimented? No, I feel like I've scheduled in enough playtime for him for like friends and like preschool and uh-huh. things like that. But I don't well, know. What if you, how do you respond to it? So, oh. And that's all I've done. And then does <laughs> I he guess stop? I don't know. <laughs> um, he just kind of goes away. I don't know. I just well, I don't know. I kind of not. I and mean, if it's just say, oh, and then what happened? And what'd you do? And uh-huh. again, inquiry. Okay. Okay. And maybe and then if he, he doesn't also, get the sympathy, he won't do it. Because, see, as long as you're giving him that, he may be saying, well, that's the only time my mom kind of, like, are you doing, are you giving him that kind of attention 
other times. You know, it's like children will do things because they see subconsciously this is working. I'm getting a need met because mm. my parents don't do it otherwise. It's okay. like people that had parents that didn't show a lot of compassion or sensitivity to their kids. They'd get when they were ill, when they when they were ill as children, that's when their parent would show up. So now they'd have this kind of pattern in their adult life for um, cycling through illnesses because it's this whole program now they run that I'm only going to get attention if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. So I'm only going to get attention yeah. and nurturing if I tell this story. Okay. Because otherwise my mom's just, you know, running the, you know, executing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> managing. The, I, I have a post called, are you raising a family or managing a household? Oh, yeah. So you got to look at yourself and go, how much am I raising my family? Because we can get really lost in just managing the household mm-hmm. and making sure everything's running. So try that. See, um, re-listen to this, and you'll, you'll connect with more insights for yourself. Debbie's calling, a type 1 mom. Hi, Debbie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. And you're notes say your nine-year-old type son not comfortable eating lunch at school you know I had another parent talk about that where they their child won't really eat much lunch um Mm -hmm. but when they get home they'll eat a snack that's like a full meal pretty much yeah 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 and let me see I'm gonna grab I'm gonna pull up her notes because she had an insight she shared why she thought that was it wasn't a familiar setting for him. Yeah, it's hard because he has a, I'm pretty sure he's a secondary one. So he's pretty active, but he's also very sensitive and he's very slow about the way that he does things. <clears throat> and so they're very, obviously, I know they're very opposite. And I know that has an effect um, on how he goes through life and at school and how he responds too and so he he I know his blood sugar is just dropping and yeah. coming home and he just is kind of whiny and that's not like him. Well, yeah, I'm sure pretty he's pretty easygoing. Yeah, eating. <laughs> well, this mom said I think she said um, he eats a little bre- he eats a little breakfast and little lunch, but then he usually has a large snack when he comes home from school every day. He eats a, um, the snack is almost like a dinner or a lunch-sized meal. I think he's relaxed and enjoying the fact he's home and can now eat yeah. in relaxation. So, that feels right. You know, that could be he's, he's, you know, that can change as he matures and, and feels more in charge. It just got ownership of what he wants in space, but it may not be a big deal. Okay. So, because he is on the center side, which is totally fine. But yeah. is there any foods that you would recommend that would be, because I try to do whole foods and organic. What is him. he like? Some, what is he like? Um, he, I always give him, like, the little clementines and little apples and carrots. And I try to give him hummus. That ends up getting messy um, when he throws his lunchbox. Yeah. You know, so I'm well, just trying to figure okay. out some different I mean, healthy that, once we get into the world of type four, you're going to find you can feed your child the same thing for breakfast or for a year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so some kids don't have a wide palate and, you know, okay. 
Makes it easy. So don't worry about it is what you're <laughs> no, saying. Don't worry just about let it. it be. Just go with the flow yeah. like he does. Good. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, As a type one, I need to have everything done. You know, well, I'm a type one yeah. before, so I, 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 I jump around. I'm very, you know, spontaneous about things, but then I'm also kind of a worry abort and perfectionist about things, too, so that kind of doesn't play very well together. Oh. So. We sound like thank you're doing you. a great job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Lines are still open. I can take a couple more callers. If you want to ask a question, press number one on your phone. And uh, isn't it great to know these things? Because just even what could have been like my child doesn't eat lunch. In a world where a parent doesn't know this could be a huge issue they're trying to resolve when you're like, well, they eat enough because it's just not their nature to feel they're not as comfortable in that setting. And who knows? I was also going to say, how much time do they have? It could be so rushed. He can't get into his relaxed way of eating um, and, and being relaxed about because they need, a, they eat at a slower pace. That's a word that could actually fit in today's um, grouping as well, relaxed. I had the word routine we started with. Oh, easygoing. So that could be, you know, they're kind of the same, easygoing and relaxed. So, all right, another question, but uh, how do you give freedom while ensuring accountability to chores? My type two daughter, who's 12 years old, moved recently to live with me. She was brought up by her grandmother, my in-law, who did all my daughter's chores from sunrise to sunset. Every time I tell my daughter to do some chores, she whines that it's better for her to be at their granny's place with no rules. She said some harsh words. She's not happy and wants to go back to her granny. Type two mom. Well, I need to now educate her into ownership and responsibility for her things. That these are life skills rather than chores. Change it to life. You know, chores. If you're having these are life skills we're teaching our children. They really are. They're rather than a chore. Chore in itself is a very kind of heavy word and a very has a negative connotation. You know. Well, that, you know, we don't ever use the expression, oh, it was such a chore, and say, oh, it was amazing. I loved it. It's, it was not fun. I had something I had to get through, you know. It was just more of a struggle. It has a struggle reference. So you're now um, choose, you know, a strategy to say, I reckon, you know, I know grandma didn't teach you these things. I really want you to be able to have the skills you need, you know, because, you're not going to have a grandma around doing your laundry when, you know, you're 25. And so what life skill would you like to start with? Let, and help her succeed at that and praise her. You did such a great job. And, and what does she, what's a reward that would be nurturing to her? You know, would be to go get, um, and I'm not opposed to yummy treats and stuff on a very minimal basis. If you're going to go get ice cream somewhere or yogurt, you know, that you want to really help her learn these life skills and which one, which one. It could be overwhelming and you need to just build on it. So you got to dial it back, start building on it and let her um, feel, enroll her through life, you know, wanting to be a successful human being rather than you just have to do this. It's just what you have to do so that you care about her. That sends a message of caring versus a, I care more about the chore. And that's the thing. Do you, the, the way you're handling this, does it, appear, does it sound to her like you care more about the chore getting done than you care about her? 
And like I said, as you enroll her in learning life skills, that completely flips it to, I care about you and I want you to be a successful human being. And therefore we take, it's being responsible for what we own and our care of our home and our bodies. That's what chores are. We're taking care of stuff. So another caller is the type one mom. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Good to have you on the show. And your notes show me that you have a two-year-old type three daughter that's having trouble sleeping through the night. She gets worked up and cannot go back to sleep. And she grazes at her meals. Well, we'll be hitting her meal experience next week. So we'll save that okay. for next podcast. Because, yes, type threes are the grand snackers. <laughs> so then they don't want to eat their meals. <laughs> They're loving the snack world. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I kind of see that myself, too. So, But what's going on with her yeah, sleep? Yeah, it's hard to tell like, foods. Yeah. yeah, so she's always had a little trouble at night. Um and so, anyway, right now what's currently happening is that in the middle of the night, she wakes up and she wants um, a bottle or to come in our bed. I think she wants to be soothed to go back to sleep. And so, self-soothing is what I'm assuming she needs to learn this skill. So, through, I mean, yeah. she's two years old, so we've tried crying it out to help her know like she can do this herself and that does not work. She's just so determined yeah. to what about get, you know, to have um, something else self soother. What about sound? Adding a sound element. Sound. Um, yeah, like Anne has a fan, little baby fan unit she plugs in. So there's like white noise. Or ocean okay. you, know, you can a lot of people with sleep, um, there's apps for this that have sounds for going to sleep by. And so that they're actually okay. bringing the um, brains trying to, what happens is if she gets in too strong of a beta, beta state and she's now reacting, her brain's not mm-hmm. letting, um, slowing down to alpha, theta, and, you know, ultimately into delta. And so the right. sound effect helps the brain chemistry. It helps shift the brainwave states so that they relax. And then she's oriented to that being in her room to comfort her and maybe a stuffed animal or something. Job is okay. to Okay, and is this something her. that, is this something like if I got an app, um, something I would just keep on all night or would I? Yeah, you know, until she's, like, she's waking right. up. Maybe they're or... even programmed, I mean, or there's something, you need to look a little deep. I haven't done my research on this, but um, Anne's thing, she plugs in and it's just on all night. It's like white noise. Hmm. I give you mm-hmm. if you just Google and, and look around for um, sleep aids, you know, sound aids for sleep, you're going to find stuff. Okay. Because sleep in the okay. adult world is a huge issue, apparently, and um, <laughs> sound is, again, it affects brainwave states, which you're trying to, because, again, if you get too interactive with her, you're engaging her beta state. Oh, yeah. Wanting to roll her back to I'm very, you know, I use a lot of energy techniques um, when I'm, if I'm attending grandchildren or whatever, and I didn't know these strategies when my kids were little, but um, I'm a real believer in angels being there to aid us and comfort Mm -hmm. us. So I'll send angels to my, I say, okay, these kids can't wake up till this time in the morning or your job is to help them now get to sleep tonight. And then another little trick I learned, imagine a felt, you want to, 
create a quiet, dark space for their brain. And so I will create uh-huh. this imaginary kind of felt hood that goes over their head that, come, that they're cozied up in, and it just quiets everything down. It, you know, it's just an energetic uh-huh. length, basically, around their head. I will do that in airplanes with fussy babies. Uh, like, imagine this. And I'll, I'll imagine I can do a spinal flush on them. That's the, if you didn't, I showed it last night oh, on wow. my Facebook live event and that will yeah. re- bring down the energy. And so okay. those are energy yeah, techniques I'm, that have been successful for me. Yeah. I'm excited that you mentioned that. I am currently reading and immersed in your uh, remembering wholeness book. So I love, I've been asking okay. angels a lot this last week. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, they enroll them in this job. Your daughter to sleep better (laughs) and go to sleep easily. Okay. One more quick question I just had was with quiet time. And uh, I feel like sometimes she just needs a little break. She has all this high energy and it just gets, I don't know, everyone just needs a little quiet time in our house. I have lots of little kids and um, she just doesn't like to play on her own. Um, And with her independent nature I just don't know she always wants to be right with me and um, then likes to control what I want to do and we all need quiet time I need time to just do my own thing how do I help her to well the trick trick, I'm gonna um, give you this I'll give you this quick tip this trick that my daughter used and I um, move on to my next caller but the um, trick that Jenny would use she gave and and when Joseph was little at that, two, three years old, and she wanted him to just, Jenny is a type one, so it's a similar situation. She has a type three son, and Jenny needed the quiet time. Joseph didn't, but she needed a break. And so she would give him these rocks, and I've talked about this before. And if he didn't stay, for every time he came out of his room, he'd lose a rock. And the rocks represented a um, valuation, you know, they had a value that she then, if he had kept all of his, the first time she did it, he got something immediately. He turned his rocks in for whether it was, you know, a toy or something, you know, dollar store, get all kinds of stuff. Even if it's something who's interested, it it works for the, you know, immediate need. But type threes respond very well of not, you know, wanting to lose something that is value, has some value that they can, it's like creating rocks to be like cash. <laughs> you can use them to get stuff. Type threes usually respond very well to a, to a strategy like that. So rather than giving, you give it to them and they lose it if they're not um, cooperative with what you're asking of them. Have a success story from Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi, I'd love to hear it. Yes, Um we have a type 2 son. He's our oldest son of four kids, and he gets really overwhelmed in school. And last year, he was in fourth grade, and he had come home at the end of the year just in tears. And he did not want to go back to school next year. He's just like, I don't want to do it. It makes me very upset. And he would come home crying regularly. Um, and we found out it was because of he was being so overstimulated in his class. Uh, he had yeah. Almost 40 kids in his class. All right. Um, it's too much noise for, and movement. And, yeah. Yes. And his oh, teachers just weren't understanding. <laughs> I, I so much. 
<laughs> yes. Oh. So um, what did you do? It has made a huge difference. We ended up sitting down with his teachers and just talking to them about how he was behaving in class and what was going on. And we can't, you know, that's how we found out he was getting overstimulated. And so this year when we went to school, he said, okay, I'll try it one more time. Um, and he, about that. he um, sat down with his teacher and we figured out a plan on how to make it more comfortable for him to do his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year going into school, his teacher understood that he takes a little longer to get his work done. It's not that he's not trying, because that was a problem last year. Um, They were just like, well, he's not trying hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll shut down if they're in that overwhelm, too. See, they're the turtle that goes in the shell. Yes. Because it's like, i got to retreat down. It's just so overwhelming. Yeah. And then it's embarrassing. Yeah. Extremely embarrassing for them. Yes, very. He had a really hard time with that in front of his peers when he'd start crying because he'd get overwhelmed. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, so his teacher this year was just like, okay, I know what we can do. And so when he gets to the point where he's feeling very overwhelmed in class, his teacher will now send him into the hallway so he can work alone. And it's done, like, his grades have actually skyrocketed. Oh, like, they're back up that's in the awesome. A's and B's. Yeah. And have you suggested amazing. the book to the teacher? Have you ch- suggested the show whisper? I'm sorry. Have you suggested or given a copy of the book to the Child Whisper? I haven't yet, but I thought about it. <laughs> I would do. You know what I would do? This is how I do it. I think it'd be really appropriate. I'd write a thank you card and just say, "This is the book that helped me learn about what we talked about and what you're, you know, how why we're approaching. You know, just thank, give it as a thank you gift." But she That's was open a really to good idea. Back. Like and that is something that helps you. Yeah, and that's something that helped you. Because um, there's a big difference in giving a book to a teacher saying, you need to learn this, if, you know, rather than this has really helped me, you, you know, and we, I appreciate your role in children's lives and how committed you are. You might enjoy this. That's a really good you, idea. You know, Thank you. You, you care and, and uh, just play on the fact they're interested in kids, <laughs> learning more about them, so. A yes, I shared my book with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling in and love the success story. You got a lot of love all the callers today. I'm not going to be able to get to everybody. Um, there's a mom calling in about her type four child with eating. We're going to hit that in two weeks. So we'll be talking about um, your type eating tendencies for your type four child in a couple of weeks. Um, let me grab one more. I've only got a couple minutes. I'll listen to your um, question real quick, then answer it off the air. I've got Alicia, type one mom on the line. You're asking about your children and homeschooling. Yes, thank you, Carol. Um, yeah, you're welcome. My, my quick question is, basically, I moved from West Jordan, the city, where tons of homeschooling, we lived in a neighborhood, um, tons of friends, and now we're in the country, and, I'm, you know, I've heard the country life's really magical, and I'm wondering, do I need to change my beliefs? Because I'm not too happy, pretty isolated, <laughs> no one homeschools out here, or do I need to change my surroundings? <laughs> do I need Where to try harder to connect more? And So I'm about an hour west of Boise, and I'm in Oregon. Okay. So 
you know, as a type one, you're missing that connection with other people. And it'd be tough to be a um, type one homeschooling mom when you don't have a network because you're going to need to mix it up for your own sake of variety and to have all the homeschooling experience within your space. And then you say you have a type one and a type three child, that's going to be tough as well because they need variety as well. And so I think you're all feeling kind of the the fact that it's a little boring here and uh, we don't have the um, interactive um, quality of our homeschooling experience and other people and adventure and all the things that are really going to support it being wonderful for you. So I don't know your options if you can move back to a little more populated area where there's a stronger homeschooling network where parents are, you know, doing co-op type learning experiences because I know there's tons of stuff like that. So that's really your decision, a prayerful one, but just um, sharing some insight of why it may be affecting you this way. Thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate you tuning in today. We've got a DYT fashion show on my Facebook page on Wednesday. Make sure you tune in. I don't know the time exactly, but we'll be posting it. so You can see it on the page. And also, I love my life event. We just announced last week, I'd love to meet you. We are inviting um, children that are passionate about energy profiling and dressing your truth, um, one or the other, to come September 22nd to 23rd. Please go to my Facebook page.com slash Carol Tuttle, where you'll see that list in the event space and you can register on Eventbrite. We've already sold over 100 seats and we do have limited seating. And thanks again to my sponsor. And you can find all of the Child Whisper private Facebook groups on my website. Go to any Child Whisper post and at the bottom, you'll see the links for each of the four types private Facebook groups that are filled with amazing parents supporting each other, parenting these different natures and join me on itunes subscribe on itunes and please leave a review i'd love you to leave a review on itunes.com slash carol tuttle and i'd love for you to leave a review on amazon for the child whisperer i have over 400 reviews and i thank you for that and it's just supportive to more parents making a decision to purchase the book when they see so many great reviews we'll talk to you next week when we talk about eating tendencies of the type 3 determined child Thanks for tuning in today. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.